Hello and welcome to the Powers That Be, Puck's podcast focused on the intersection of Wall Street, Washington, Silicon Valley, and Hollywood, and the players who run it all. I'm Peter Hamby. Welcome. You know, we thought we were done with this week's podcast, and we will have a regular show out for you tomorrow morning. But today on the Powers That Be, we are releasing our first ever emergency Red Drudge Siren pod because CNN boss Jeff Zucker has resigned. As Joe Biden would say, this is a big fucking deal. And joining me to talk about it are Dylan Byers and Matt Bellany. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of The Powers That Be. Here at Puck, this is our Murrow on the Rooftops moment. I'm joined by Matt Bellany and Dylan Byers to talk about the exit of Jeff Zucker from CNN and what it means for the media world, the political world, for cable news. There are a lot of tendrils to this story. Does this count as an emergency pod? Uh, this is definitely yeah. an emergency I, pod. I don't like that term. I, I, maybe let's just call it like an urgent and necessary pod. There aren't enough siren emojis <laughs> in the world to, to explain how seismic of an event this is in the in the cable news media landscape. I geek out on the 538 podcast, and whenever a large news event happens, they call it an emergency podcast. So that's why that's why I went there. This is an 11 links on the Drudge Report siren news event. (laughs) (laughs) It's big. Let me start with the news of what exactly happened here. Zucker said he was stepping down from CNN because he did not disclose a consensual relationship with another CNN executive, Alison Gallist. You know, all of us, everyone in media kind of knew they were having a relationship (laughs) that had been going on for years, but it was consensual. Both of them are divorced. What happened just now? So let's fact check the statement first and then let's sort of set the lay of the land. Legally speaking, sure, he resigned. He was fired. Period. Full stop. He was fired. Forced to resign if you want. Jeff Zucker and Alison Gallist have been extremely close for a very, very long time. The people who chatter in media and who gossip in media and who think they know everything will say that their relationship is the worst kept secret uh, in media. They will point to the fact that both of them got divorced recently. Uh, They will point to the suspicions of Jeff Zucker's ex-wife. It all gets very, let's say, it gets pretty base pretty quick. If you were to go, as I have for many times over the years... And talk to the people who know Jeff Zucker and Alison Gallis personally. They themselves would assure you sincerely that there was no romantic affair taking place, that they were extremely close friends, that they spent all of their time together, that they trusted one another more than they trusted anyone else, that they shared everything with each other, but that it was effectively a marriage without the sex, a marriage without the romance. What Jeff Zucker is saying in this statement is that something changed during the course of COVID. And what people today who are in Zucker's orbit have told me is that that is true, that this relationship went to the next level. And then, as Zucker says in his statement, he failed to disclose it. Now, people sympathetic to Zucker take him at his word there and believe that he did not disclose it when it was when he should have disclosed it and when the the rules and obligations of his job would have required him to disclose it, and that therefore he would have been sending a message to 5,000 people who work at CNN that it is okay for a superior 
to have a relationship with someone whose compensation they are responsible for, who is one of their direct reports, and that you don't have to disclose it. There are a lot of skeptical people in New York, in Hollywood, etc., who believe that maybe it's worse, that maybe he lied to investigators, that the investigators said, are you having a relationship? Um, and that he didn't tell them when he was supposed to. And when you're talking about investigators, you mean the investigators into the Chris Cuomo firing, correct? Yes, which bring, exactly. Which brings us to the final piece of this, that there's a lot of suspicion in Zucker's orbit, or conviction even, that this is Chris Cuomo exacting his revenge on Jeff Zucker because CNN fired Chris Cuomo after learning that he had had a relationship uh, or that there was an accusation from a staffer and that Chris Cuomo's lawyers are going nuclear and saying, well, there's a double standard here and we are going to rip that open and expose it. And that it has left AT&T, which up until soon is still CNN's parent company, with no other option but to get rid of Jeff Zucker. So there are a lot of there's a lot of backroom stuff here that that gets hinted at in the coverage with the Chris Cuomo element that is still ripe for discussion. And in fact, there is definitely more to come on this and we are going to learn more. And by the time this podcast goes live, we, we may have even learned more about that element of it. And, and I want to dig into the Cuomo stuff also. But Matt, I mean, talk about the timing of this. It couldn't come at a worse time as... Discovery and AT&T are merging together, and Jeff was supposed to have a really heavy hand in, in the programming for what was to come for these these networks. Yeah, there's a bunch of business and personal storylines here because, yes, the spinoff of Warner Media, which includes CNN, is scheduled to close in the second quarter if there isn't a you know government intervention here. And Jeff was poised for a major role. So they've got a, you know, Jason Kylar, the current CEO of Warner Media, who's expected to step down, now has put in a, a trio of executives to kind of man the ship until that deal closes. But CNN is effectively rudderless going into this transaction right now. Second, there's a personal element here. The incoming CEO of Warner, it's going to be called Warner Brothers Discovery is David Zasloff, who is a close personal friend of Jeff Zucker. And the speculation is that they have been planning, you know, big things for CNN for when the deal closes. So, you know, that's all got to be scrapped at this point. And David Zasloff, the incoming CEO, is going to have to figure out who is going to run CNN when he takes over. Um, that's a huge job. And Jeff also, Zucker also uh, was in charge of sports. You know, he had sports and the Turner Network sports stuff underneath him. So he's got to figure out what to do now. And from a couple of people I've talked to inside Warner Media, that's a huge full on scramble at this point. Yeah. And by the way, that that it's important to understand that both the news and the sports purview becomes much bigger after the after the merger. Now you're talking about Jeff Zucker, you know, overseeing a, a, a much bigger global sort of sports empire, sports media empire that now they have to figure out who's going to do that. Discovery has Olympics rights overseas, for instance. And, you know, that's a huge job. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're really going to have to scramble because J- Zucker is one of those kind of, you know, multi-talented executives. I can't believe he's only 56. He feels like he's been around forever. But he has run, you know, entertainment, news, morning shows, CNN, sports, like all of it. So this is a big job to fill. 
And sent, and just because we're talking about the stakes here really quickly, just one thing to add. As Peter, you and I have discussed many times, as I have written many times, Jeff Zucker is integral, integral to what CNN has been and what its identity has been over the last 10 years. I don't just mean that in terms of editorial leadership. I mean that in terms of the talent relationship. And I can tell you from firsthand conversations that there are people at CNN who are crying today, people whose names you are familiar with, because when they think about going to work at CNN, they think about going to work for Jeff. That is what they do. And they are loyal to Jeff and they trust Jeff and they know that Jeff has their backs. And now working at CNN becomes a very, very different kind of thing if they're going to work for someone besides Jeff. Zucker was great with talent. Uh, Don Lemon, whose career took off during the Trump Zucker years, you know, after Jeff sort of gave him and other anchors a license to have more of a point of view, uh, an opinion, you might say. Uh, Lemon said he was devastated uh, after after this news came out. Allison Camerata went on TV very upset and said that all of this was wrong. You almost get the sense that Jeff is dictating the coverage of himself on the way out the door, just as he dictated coverage all these years and since he came in. But yeah, as a, as a boss and a manager of talent, Sucker always made people there feel at home. He marshaled them together when Trump was going after CNN all the time, and he gave that place a real sense of mission that it was lacking. Um, Dylan and I both worked at CNN, for people listening. I worked there from 2005 before Zucker, and I left in 2015 to join Snapchat just before Trump came down the elevator. And, you know, I was there through multiple leaders before Zucker. And it's true. Before him, it felt like CNN was adrift. Fox was ascendant in cable news. MSNBC ratings were always up and down, but it felt like they had at least a clear point of view. And CNN just didn't really know what it was before Jeff came along. It was sort of like Georgetown basketball right now. My alma mater, proud of its legacy, but living in the past a little bit, not sure how to grow into a new era. John Klein was president when I first joined, Mark Whitaker after that. Both of them felt sort of absentee, quiet, certainly not pugnacious in the way that that Jeff was. Uh, Whitaker actually did the Anthony Bourdain deal before Jeff Zucker came in, even though Zucker kind of takes credit for doing that. But then Jeff came in in 2013 and he shook things up. He was willing to experiment. He made investments in digital, which was sorely needed at the time. He went outside the traditional hiring pool of blow-dried TV reporters and just hired really good print people and people who delivered scoops, which I really liked. People like Manu Raju and Caitlin Collins promoted yours truly, which I was grateful for. And then he juiced the ratings by going all in on big moments like the poop cruise, the missing Malaysia airplane, and then the Trump years obviously became the poop cruise on steroids with the spray tan, you know, just all in on Trump all the time, you know, in 2015, giving him unlimited airtime all the way through the end when they were pretty much an anti-Trump network. And, you know, throughout the whole time, he was good with talent, anchors, reporters, producers. You get pat on the back emails from him like all hours of the day. You know, an example I remember is I was in New York doing some hits at night, I think in 2014 or 2015, and, and Jeff came out of nowhere and pulled me into the green room just to gossip about what we were hearing about the Democratic primaries that were coming up at the time. And as a young reporter, you love that kind of thing from the boss. He was watching everything, every hour. He shaped the coverage, and that's all gone now. And it's difficult to see who can fill those shoes. I mean, Warner Media has announced that the interim leadership is going to be Michael Bass, Amy Antelis, and Ken Jouts, all CNN deputies. But we don't know what happens after that. Which is great interim leadership. Yeah, I agree. Because Allison Gallist 
is obviously too close to all of this. She's staying. She is staying in her position, but she's too close to all of this. And as I reported a year or so ago, Allison was Jeff Zucker's top choice to become the next president of CNN. And as crazy in light of everything we're talking about today, as batshit crazy as that sounds, if you think about the if you think about running a cable news network as a, as the most important pieces of that job are your relationships with the talent. And then you also think that because she has always been in the room with Jeff Zucker, that she has had a front row seat to every aspect of the job, it begins to make a little more sense. But it's not something that <laughs> by no means in light of what's just happened that CNN is going to announce today if they announce it ever. And so oh, I don't have I this... don't think she's ever going to get that job. And I don't think she'll be at CNN in six months. Yeah, like they announced that she's staying, and I just can't see that happening. There's already there's already staffers leaking to the New York Post saying they're pissed off about this. Yeah, and you might you might be totally right, but the th- the reason I say the three folks who they're putting in there are great interim leadership is because they are the they are the three people who on day to day make the thing run, and in terms of talent relationships, Amy Antelis has that, and she's very good at that. So they will be able to stabilize things for the time being. But I don't necessarily see in any of those three people someone who can adequately fill the shoes of Jeff Zucker in terms of inspiring confidence among the people who work at CNN and the people who today are devastated that he left. Yeah, and this Again, is... I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this is something where I straddle the line because I, you know, care a lot about journalism and CNN and and watched the network drift in a direction that made me uncomfortable in the last four or five years. But the thing that a lot of dart throwers from print, digital, whatever, the smarty pants people on Twitter don't understand is like that, you know, yes, CNN is is an entertainment network and yes, CNN is a news network, but you do have to do so many different things to run an enterprise like this. And Jeff, like him or hate him, disagree with his journalism, you know, you can't man it's hard it's very very hard to manage talent to do content development to do all the marketing to like make big budgetary decisions <laughs> you know and those those executives are very hard to find i will say though like i know like amy and tell us i really like and she's a very smart content mind and that's going to be very important as cnn plus develops uh, because that's another huge thing that Warner Media is developing heading into the next few years and makes this departure all of a sudden fraught. But but also let's not go overboard with the Zucker stuff. The CNN ratings are in the toilet. I mean, they have yeah. suffered the biggest yeah, that part. drop uh, <laughs> since the Trump years. And, you know, they are poised for a reimagining of what that content looks like. And, you know, you guys have both done reporting on this subject. You know, the new owner of CNN would very much like it to move away from that anti-Trump uh, stance and be more of a uh, a look and feel like CNN internationally. I don't know what that would do for ratings, but but Zucker was, and I don't know that Zucker was necessarily opposed to that, but it wasn't as if CNN was this, you know, uh, uh, firing on all cylinders uh, organization. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, and I will say the poop cruise strategy of going big on moments like that you know, that became what the the Trump years were for CNN and making a short term bet on a rating sugar high had long term consequences, I think, for for the network. You know, they lost the most trusted name in news 
brand in the last five years. Um, and I think you're right that the network wants that to recover, at least here in the U.S. I think it still exists internationally. But his legacy at CNN will be, yes, good for business. Yes, good for ratings. But the top line of the obituary will be that he was one of Trump's biggest punching bags and enemies, and he compromised perhaps the journalism of the place. After elevating Trump on The Apprentice at NBC. But can we talk about the Chris Cuomo angle here? Because I think this is really the most intriguing aspect of this. I mean, I I have heard from sources that there has been a behind the scenes fight going on for weeks now over Chris Cuomo's departure and CNN's refusal to pay him what he wants in his, you know, in his exit agreement. There was a litigation hold letter, which is a letter that you send to a company in advance of a potential lawsuit, just saying, please preserve all records in case there is a lawsuit. So you can't later say, oh, we didn't know we were going to be sued. We destroyed all the emails. There was a litigation hold letter sent to CNN asking for a bunch of things, including communications between Zucker, Alison Gallist, Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, a bunch of these other people. And the argument that the Chris Cuomo people are putting out there is that Zucker was doing exactly the same stuff that Chris Cuomo was fired for doing. He was massaging sources. He was consulting with people and that it was a, you know, and he was he was having this, you know, undisclosed relationship with uh, someone that worked for him. How much do you guys think the pressure put on by the Chris Cuomo people ended with Zucker stepping down? I want to let Dylan jump in here because he has better reporting on this, but I tweeted when this came out a clip from that movie Clear and Present Danger where the sniper sort of pops up out of the bushes and they're like, how the fuck did you get so close to us during this like sniper training thing? He's like, I'm a sneaky bastard. And it just felt like that to me, just sort of like Cuomo somewhere in the bushes exacting revenge. What, what do you say, Dylan? Things like this are so delicate that we have to like be clear about what we know and what we don't know. I don't know 100%, but it is very, very hard for me to see how this isn't in a way, Cuomo and his lawyers exacting revenge on Jeff Zucker because he refused to give Cuomo the money that he wanted when he was forced out. And all of this came up because of the investigation into the Cuomo stuff. And so there is definitely... There's a war here going on. And and again, to, to talk about the bigger picture, Alison Gallist used to be the, the right-hand communications person for Chris Cuomo's brother, Governor Andrew Cuomo. And then she came back to work with Jeff Zucker again. The Zucker-Gallist-Cuomo relationship was very, very tight for a very, very long time. And now, if it is indeed true that this is being that Jeff Zucker was was fired in light of the Cuomo investigation and that somehow that was coming from Cuomo and his lawyers, then there's like certainly a war between those two parties. Now, there are all sorts of hypotheses floating out there. Jeff Zucker's ex-wife was said to be, you know, among the folks I've talked to, was said to be very jealous. And she had her suspicions about the relationship between Jeff and Allison certainly with Jason Kyler. Jason Kyler is someone who was effectively forced you know, who who came in, took away a lot of Jeff Zucker's power, even took away the fact that Allison was reporting directly to Jeff. 
And then and it looked like he was going to push Jeff out as president of CNN. And then lo and behold, Jeff's close friend, David Zaslav, comes in and engineers this deal that's going to push Jason Kyler out of his job when Warner Media and Discovery merge. Is Jason now coming back and, and not having Jeff's back because of all this? So there, there's a lot of palace intrigue and drama here. But the Cuomo angle is cannot be ignored. And Jeff Zucker is a fighter and he has lived through a lot. He's gone through colon cancer, open heart surgery, all manner of things. And he continues to be this like larger than life, moving at 100 miles per hour guy. And now he has been brought to his knees by, it appears, this battle with Chris Cuomo. And that is like a really, really hard thing for people to stomach. And I think in a, in addition to the feelings of, of sadness and devastation that are going on at CNN, I think there's probably a lot of anger at Chris Cuomo right now among his former colleagues. I want to read a passage from Katie Couric's book, which came out in 2021, <laughs> um, which somebody texted me. I don't actually. And, and just for background, Katie Couric was the co-host of the Today Show when Jeff Zucker was at NBC. And I believe, did, did, did he bring her to the Today Show? He might have. I don't know the actual details. If she, He might have brought her there, but he definitely helped usher her to stardom while there. He, he famously launched his career at being the youngest executive producer of the Today Show. So I, I they definitely overlap, but I don't know if he brought her there. Yes. So there's a there's a passage in here. I'm actually like unsure what the date is, but it's it's at least a decade ago. And Jeff is trying to bring a PR person called Allison Gollist to NBC. And Katie Couric writes I had to wonder why Jeff was angling so hard to bring Allison on board. She and her husband and kids had moved into the apartment right above Jeff and Karen Zucker. Everyone who heard about the cozy arrangement thought it was super strange. By that point, Karen had become a close friend of mine, and it made me really uncomfortable. That is just another sort of sprinkling on the the pile of evidence that sort of contradicts what they said in their statements in exiting CNN, or sorry, Jeff did at least, that this relationship accelerated during COVID. We obviously don't know the details, but this has been uh, around for a long time. And this also, by the way, this also sort of lends credence to the idea that Cuomo or Cuomo's lawyer or somebody asked Jeff in the course of the investigation, okay, what about Allison? Because it it just feels like a card to play that had been around for a while. And the Cuomo team sort of found a moment to play it. Two things on that. There, first of all, that Katie Couric quote, sound, having, having been through a lot of legal reviews on articles and, and such, that sounds like someone who wanted to say they were having a relationship and was told by her publisher and the legal counsel that you cannot say that unless you know it. You can only talk about your own feelings on how it was strange. So that sounds like Katie wanted to say that. That is the story of everyone in New York media <laughs> for yeah. like for the entire for the 20 years or whatever it is that Jeff and Allison have known each other because people will go to dinners and they'll be like, oh, yeah, Jeff and Allison, it's the worst kept secret, worst kept secret, whatever. But no, but all of those people don't know what they say they know. And when you get to the people who actually are as close to being in a position to know as possible, they will tell you, I know what it seems like, but believe me, it's a it's it's a marriage without the romance. And what do you, as a reporter or as a publisher of Katie Kirk's book, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? 
I, I'm you can't just go saying, out and say, hey, they're having a, you, you can't go out and print or say they're having an affair if you don't know. Um, yeah. And every media organization chose not to say it. I mean, you look at that Wall Street Journal story from when Jason Kylar took away oversight of Alison Gallis from Jeff Zucker. In that story, it said that Zucker was upset about Alison Gallis being taken away from him and that they were close, but it doesn't say specifically that they are together. It doesn't say anything that would lead a reader to think that, um, except sort of the you know Wall Street Journal legalese of of uh, you know they were they were worked close together or whatever they said. When I wrote when I wrote in February of 2021 that Alison Gallus was Jeff Zucker's top choice to take over as president when he left the network because back then he was going to leave the network at the end of the year. What can I say? I say, as Zucker's most trusted lieutenant for decades, she has been involved in or had a front row seat to every major decision of his tenure at the network. She is almost always present at his side, both in the office and in the field. But am I allowed to go out there and infer something that I don't like in my core? No, I I can't. Yeah, this is a very very difficult thing. I mean, like covering having covered politics for so long, like there's just, you know, so many male politicians at least have had sex scandals or affairs and they're sort of talked about in state houses and corridors, but you know, they can't be confirmed until someone comes out and says something. But you, but you just mentioned something important, Dylan, that Jeff was considering resigning a year ago. Right. And then decided not to. So explain what, why he changed his mind. Okay. So Jeff Zucker is the president of CNN. AT&T takes over CNN. They, they make, Jason Kyler, the head of Warner Media, which has oversight over CNN. Jeff views himself as the king of and most important man at CNN. And there's a strong argument to make the case that that's true. And he has a direct relationship with his direct reports, including Alison Gallist, who forget about the sex or the romance, he has an extremely close relationship with. And Jason takes away... A lot of Jeff's power and jurisdiction, including having these direct reports report up to him. They now report up to to Jason Kylar. And so Jeff is reasonably pissed. And when you get to the beginning of 2021, Jeff comes out and he basically said, or maybe the end of 2020, he says, I'm going to see this out and then I will, in all likelihood, step away from CNN. And People who know what's going on there know that Jeff doesn't really want to leave CNN, but he is effectively being pushed out by Jason Kylar. And so when when the news breaks that David Zaslav, who is a close friend of Jeff Zucker's, goes golfing with him in the Hamptons frequently, has engineered this deal to merge Warner Media with Discovery, and he's done this with AT&T and Jason Kylar doesn't even know about it. It looks in that moment as if Jeff Zucker is having the last laugh. But then, you know, fast forward to today, and you have Jason Kylar sending out the email to everyone at AT&T and Warner Media saying, I have accepted Jeff's resignation, which again is really a firing, a termination. Now it's like, well, shit. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody, in a way, it's like everybody loses. I have this pie in the sky theory i want you guys to pressure test it but it almost sometimes it feels like like where we're at now this chain reaction with Cuomo and zucker like wouldn't have happened if zucker at the beginning of covid hadn't put aside cnn's 
you know, rules and values in letting Chris interview Andrew on television a half dozen times and just do this sort of buddy buddy act about how great of a governor he was. You know, all of us, all of it made the Cuomo, you know, working behind the scenes to support his brother during the sexual harassment scandal look even worse. And it's just like all of this goes back to the original sin of just like abandoning right this what CNN is supposed to do which is just be do good journalism this is a microcosm of your earlier point if you make a short-term play for ratings that causes you to sacrifice the core pillars of the CNN brand are you going to screw over the brand in the long term and in this case and yourself unknowingly <laughs> Are you going to screw yourself over in the long term? <laughs> and that indeed may have been what happened here. Yeah, I mean, th- th- to me, we, th- the Cuomo situation is what we have to get back to here. When Chris Cuomo was fired, why was he fired? He was fired because the investigation revealed that he was helping his brother Andrew and communicating with him to try to deflect the sex scandal. There was also an accusation from an employee against him um, for harassment. Now, what the Cuomo people, the Andrew, the Chris Cuomo people say is that this was completely hypocritical of CNN and Jeff Zucker because Zucker himself is so behind the scenes involved in talking to people like Andrew Cuomo, in dealing with issues that come up in order to serve the ratings. Zucker is a creature of ratings and will do almost anything to juice those ratings. So when he then turned around and fired Chris Cuomo for doing things that, at least in the Cuomo people's mind, Zucker does all the time, that opened up the torrent of nastiness from the Cuomo people. If you saw, you know, all of this was preceded by a Radar Online story about Zucker's relationship with Alison Gallus that appeared a few weeks ago. I have no reason, no, no evidence of this, but I got to wonder why that appeared when it did. Um, Then this comes out after a litigation hold letter was sent to CNN over the communications between Zucker, Gallus, and Andrew Cuomo. I got to think that at the core of all of this is this belief from Chris Cuomo's team that Zucker acted hypocritically and there was evidence there that he should should be forced to step down. And and I would would agree with you and I would also just say that that is the view of, let's call it, Team Zucker, Team Gallist, the the inner circle, the close friends and associates of that world would say the exact same thing. They say it's really weird the timing on this, and they all all signs point to Cuomo for them. It's fascinating though because if you are Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN, there is an element of cozying up to newsmakers that comes along with this. That, you know, you you do need to have a relationship with Andrew Cuomo. You do need to have a relationship with all of these people that CNN covers. 100%. Now, Zucker is smart enough to know, I think, where the line is on that. But you do have to. So it's not like emails between Zucker and Andrew Cuomo's office are going to all of a sudden be this smoking gun. Like this kind of stuff happens all the time in the news business. Right. That That is part of the job. And someone who's right. not doing that is, you might argue, is not good enough at their job. Right. And and it, it becomes even more complicated when you're, you know, your star anchor is the governor's brother. Um, and that's why they had that policy in effect where Cuomo was not supposed to interview Cuomo and Zucker tossed it out when he realized it was good TV during the pandemic. Uh, this is a, a developing story. We will continue to monitor. What, what are the terms that CNN Stand puts by. on the banner? Stand, Stand by. by. Happening now. Just in. <laughs> 
But one last thing before I let you guys go. What do you think Jeff Zucker does next? I mean, what what can you do after this? Uh, after after a sex question. scandal, it's clear he can only run for a political office now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there are no second acts in American life. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, the what you to that point, what is the what room does he have for forgiveness in the public eye if he wants if if there is a third act for him? And I think you know, the answer to that question is, was he fired because he didn't disclose a consensual relationship? Because I think people would find a way to tolerate his existing in the public sphere for a while. Was he fired because he lied to investigators? That's a lot harder to come back from. I mean, I've already seen people in Hollywood texting me being like, what exactly? Like, this was consensual. Like, what's the problem? Yeah, so that's I've right. gotten those texts. I've gotten those texts from people, too, that are like, this doesn't seem that bad. Um, that, that's taking him at face value here. I don't well, exactly. Give- so, yeah, yeah. No, so that's that's what I'm saying. Like, so, yes, there's a place for him in public life, of course, if he just didn't disclose a consensual relationship. It just we have to see what else comes out. Megyn Kelly tweeted something very ominous about Jeff Zucker, more to come. But, you know, <laughs> there is more to come. I mean, there, there's definitely like there's definitely more to come. We've, we, what we've basically heard is the version that Jeff was comfortable putting on the record. Right. So I think that there's I think there's almost certainly more to come. And by the time where this podcast is available, it might have might have already come. Well, thank you guys for joining me. We had some news out of the gate. Jeff was fired. <laughs> he didn't resign. Thank you guys. We'll keep following the story and we will see you for the regular powers that be on Friday. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the powers that be as a reminder, the powers that be is the official podcast of puck. We'd like to thank Eric Johnson of LightningPod.fm, our partner for his support. And thanks to to Liz Goff and Ben Landy for their production help. I'm Peter Hamby, and I will see you on this very pod tomorrow, and then also next week.